What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Kurt and Bob Show. He's Kurt. I'm Bob. We are back. Riding high after a Bulldog <laughs> National Championship victory on Monday night. Today is Wednesday, January 11th. Uh, but yeah, Curtis, let's uh, before we get into you know college stuff, let's get in. Let's get into some news here. For sure. What you got for us? Yeah. So I mean, piling right on top of the good news for for you and the Bulldogs, we you know the country got some great news with Demar Hamlin is now uh, released from the hospital back in Buffalo. So he actually got uh, discharged from the Cincinnati hospital that he was in after that Monday night football uh, with cardiac arrest is what they're finalizing it as uh, at this point here so uh, he was you know discharged from Cincinnati went to the Buffalo hospitals they continue to monitor him and he is all good now so all great news there definitely uh, <laughs> not in any rush to get back on the football field you know you, you, at that point you're you're just worried about your health so let's <laughs> we're focusing all on that but you know all good news all the you know Bill's teammates and coaches were are extremely happy so good to see good news for the nfl just in general and for you know people just just good news for people and it was great to see you know the whole country really rally around it so good uplifting note at the start there uh sure. what are what are your thoughts on that bob glad to glad to see everything yeah out yeah absolutely i mean it's it's great to see him back in action and it's just it amazes me how you can get hit at the exact moment and your heart can stop. Like, yeah. it, it just, if you get hit in the chest hard enough at the exact moment, basically what happened, I mean, literally what happened to DeMar Hamlin, yeah. his heart literally stopped because of that and went into cardiac arrest. Like, like that's amazing to me. It it's is just, spooky. Just that much amount of force right on your heart at the exact moment that it's, you know, beating to make it literally skip a beat. Like nanoseconds the, is yeah. what I heard. Either yep. milliseconds or nanoseconds. I can't remember what. I may be misquoting, but yeah. It's, it's it's the smallest window. It is. It is. So mm. very glad that, that that is avoided and he is, you know, happy and healthy now. So glad to see, you know, he's been all over social media supporting supporting the boys after the Bills, uh, you know, they returned two kickoffs, which we'll get into when we uh, talk about the wild card weekend. Uh, but we'll we'll finish off the headlines here. We'll hit a couple more, you know, some more injury news and then we'll get right into the natty. Um Worst news ever for me, but kind of expected. Uh, Tua is not going to be cleared through concussion protocol. So, honestly, the heartbeat of that offense will not be playing in the Dolphins' first playoff game since 2016, which this is a hilarious and sad fun fact. In 2016, Ryan Tannehill was the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. He was playing a phenomenal season. The Dolphins started, I think they started 1-4. They rallied all the way. They won 10 straight behind Tannehill. It was an electric offense. It was great great to watch, great defense. And then Tannehill got injured week 16. So we ended up starting a playoff game with Matt Moore as our quarterback. So the last two playoff appearances now for the Dolphins in the last 10 years are going to be started by backup quarterbacks and Skylar Thompson you know he did what he could against the Jets this last week I pretty much did what I expected to be a third string rookie out of Kansas State just getting thrown into a very complex and you know um not assumption that's not the word but just a timing based offense you know every throw Tua was making the receivers not even out of their break yet right so to just get thrown in that mix and to be able to learn the timing of every play that's really tough for Skylar Thompson so he's got a week under his belt with it I hope that helps against the Bills and you know the Jets technically statistically had a better pass defense <laughs> than the Bills this year so maybe maybe the third round rookie has something to say uh this weekend but um yeah I'm, I'm hoping i'm just no hoping, teddy I'm just, two gloves for you no te- i mean teddy's it? got a broken thumb to his oh, concussion protocol right. so i forgot about that so i knew he was injured i didn't realize or, it was yeah or sorry broken pinky raheem mostert the dolphins number one running back broke his thumb on sunday uh teron armstead our starting left tackle 
has been pushing through and probably taken a lot of dope dope shots <laughs> right to the right to his toe and his pec. I I think he tore his pec like week nine or so. The doctors are just saying, oh no, he's fine, he's fine. But every week he's on the injury report with a pec and he doesn't practice the whole week. They just say whether he's going to play or not. So to me, and that sounds Hartford like was a free agent pickup this offseason, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the huge free agent pickup. And when he's on the field, it's extremely noticeable. Like he's he's been phenomenal when he's on the field and he's been playing through you know a turf toe and a torn peck for almost the entire season now so just just brutal blows for the dolphins everywhere right our, our backup right tackle went down last week and the jets get like i i sent my friend josh he's a bills fan i, I sent him the injury report uh, for this week of practice and the bills it's like two guys who didn't participate and two guys who were limited in practice the dolphins it's about nine starters worth of did not participate did not participate <laughs> so in injury news for the dolphins um there is going to be at least at least eight backups all start all starting wow. uh starting on sunday so brute and all on the offensive side of the ball too and maybe one well, our cornerbacks, that's another story, though. Not, I won't get into it because I could talk about it all day. It's just so frustrating. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so, we finally get the coach, the roster, and the performance, but injuries have just, injuries in all the wrong places. You know, every team is injured at this point in the year. Nobody's healthy, so it's not as much of an excuse, but it, it is just every notable position. You know, the Bills aren't the same team if Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are out, right? So, not to mention Tyreek's been playing through an ankle injury the last two weeks. He was on and off the sideline uh, and in the game Sunday against the Jets. He but he knew he had to get out there to get to win this game. So Tyreek went into the tent twice in Sunday's game, just coming on and off the sideline with you know who knows what. So just a it, it's it's kind of what's you know the analogy where it's just your the car is just rolling to the, you know you're pushing the car in neutral to the finish line here it's <laughs> you started with a corvette in week one and now you are pushing this crashed like on fire corvette in neutral to the finish line saying let's go play the bills in buffalo for <laughs> for the playoffs yeah. first week so tough there uh the dolphins their spread initially with Tua being up at the air if they were an eight point underdog the second that the news leaked today or not leaked but was announced today uh by head coach mike mcdaniel the dolphins moved to a 13 point underdog so vegas just said yeah you guys are screwed yeah <laughs> so that will yeah. be interesting to see uh tyreek and waddle are still out there you know most of the defense is still out there uh Maybe they can do. We've seen crazier. We've seen crazier in the playoffs. So maybe they can do some. Maybe they can cover the spread. You know, that's what I'm hoping for at this point. I have full faith in all the players, but at some point, you, this is the healthiest Buffalo's been all year, too. You know, they struggled with injuries a lot early, and now they're coming out healthy as ever. So it's going to be tough. Um, and on the topic of injuries, Bob, I'll just get right into what did you think about the Chargers' decision playing their starters with a locked playoff spot in Week 18? Because right up next on our on our injury update list here, we got so Mike Williams. The I would you know Keenan Allen. Some people would say I would say Mike Williams is the best receiver on the Chargers roster. Uh, he's an absolute grown grown ass man. He he catches anything you throw his way. And he goes, <clears throat> he goes down in that game with a back injury. Uh, they they're saying he'll play for Saturday night, but yeah, he'll be playing with some help. That's for sure. What, what do you think about the whole situation? Just just a mess. Yeah, I mean, he's barely played all season long. Mm -hmm. He's been injured a lot. I don't think it's. I don't think it was a bad idea to play him, get him some reps, some live action in game because, I mean. For Pete's sake, he was getting dropped in so many fantasy leagues. I was even able to pick him up. No that way. That man, wow. he, sh yeah. he shouldn't even be on a waiver. Like, he shouldn't even be on waivers. Like, that's the type Not of player all. that he is. And he was injured enough that people were dropping him. Yeah. And so I would I picked him up eventually at some point in fantasy. And I just felt like I could never start him because he was questionable. And then he would get ruled out or he was questionable. Yeah. And then he would play. But then he would get injured. And then... He just hasn't gotten enough reps. I think it was a half-decent idea to try and get him out on the field, try and get some reps. But in Mike Williams' fashion, he gets injured. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of the criticism is boiling down to is 
is the injury history, right? It it would like be throwing Tua out there this weekend. It'd be like, you're going to throw this guy off his second concussion in the last two months. Uh, you know, it's Mike Williams has been battling, you know, we, I think neck, back, ankle, like he's, he's had it all. Uh, <laughs> I had him on couple fantasy teams as well and i had the same same problem where it's like man i know if i start him any plays he's gonna get 120 and a touchdown but there's also the chance they just rule him out you know 15 minutes before the game and i got a scramble right. so uh it's tough it was it was tough to see him go down as well because he is such a phenomenal player and you know it, it did it did make you worry like oh man you couldn't have just saved him until because it's just the fact they already had it locked up right but i guess it's almost it's similar to the the bowl game argument almost right um yeah whether, whether you play you know whether players decide to play in their in their bowl game and then go to the draft or if they take that risk of getting injured before the nfl draft and, and dropping that stock uh so it's an age-old argument. Uh, we we will be long gone, and this argument will still be had if football is still being played <laughs> with with our kids and grandkids at that point. So I don't I don't see either of those arguments, bowl game and and draft, along with you know playing your starters in week eighteen, uh, or maybe right. it'll be week twenty by twenty forty five. You know who knows? <laughs> but um, it's. Just yeah, crazy unfortunate, and luck. Luckily, he'll be he'll be out there Saturday, so the the Chargers can can take a little bit of a sigh of relief. Um, and you know, before we get into the full swing of that Week 18 review and Wild Card Weekend, with so much to talk about, let's review this national championship. We had the dogs, absolutely. I, I don't even know how to... How would you describe it? What would be one word that comes to your mind <laughs> to describe what we just witnessed on Monday? You know, uh, that being the score of 65 to 7. What would you describe it? <laughs> uh, one word. Uh, a shellacking. Love it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was... I mean, we, we sat here on this podcast last week, and, and we talked about it, and we thought it was going to be a lot closer, and it ended yeah. up being further than what we could have even imagined. A absolute boat race of a game. Uh, it yep. wasn't even close. They came out, and they scored one touchdown, which they shouldn't have even scored. It was, <laughs> I, I don't even know if it was blown coverage by Bullard or Kiwi Ringo, yep. but on that play, it, I mean, an absolute like 50 yard shot downfield you know he doesn't get in the end zone but he ends up being inside the 10 but it's like the game wasn't even fun to watch it was uh, like it was a bad day I I literally sat there and I I said this has got to be a terrible game to go to call from a guy who has called games before and has called blowouts Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, this game, I can't even imagine what Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. I, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, probably what they're. I mean, for I can hear after. what they're talking yeah. about, but I was, <laughs> you know, I was watching it in a at a like watch party downtown, the big screen. But like, man, there were times where it's just like this game is just. I don't even know what I would talk about in this situation, and they were they were doing their best for sure. Oh yeah. All I know is that it was a good day for for sports writers because they already had their they basically <laughs> could hit submit as soon as the the final whistle or honestly before the final whistle yeah was you blown. could halftime you, you could have wrote yeah. written your article about the georgia oh, yeah. bulldogs being you the had champions the storyline you had everything you had i mean you had your whole entire story written out after that, literally at halftime so yeah. um but yeah just just a really really tough day really bad look for the national championship game honestly like honestly look yeah it was it just it it doesn't help the case year after year we get how do these teams get into the playoffs how do these teams get into the playoffs and like tcu looked like a a really good opponent someone they came out they beat michigan michigan team that beat ohio state yeah so it's just like there's always it always seems like there's one game in the college football playoffs that is a blowout and it just it sucks that it's the national championship, the biggest game of the year this season. And, you know, after coming off an absolute high from the Ohio State game that we played and a last second field goal, missed field goal, like 
I mean, I heard so many people say that was the national championship. The Ohio State game, that was the national championship. I just, it's tough with all these rules and regulations on like how the college football playoff committee can pick their top four because Ohio State definitely deserved to be two. Oh, but they had a loss to Michigan. That like personally, Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter to me. There's they're the second best team in the country, and it was obvious. Like, I think Michigan would have given us a harder time than TCU did. I I just I don't even know what happened in that game. Either Sonny Dykes was yeah was I mean, I heard him say you know that they were making mistakes that they hadn't made all year, but it's a national championship. How are you making mistakes? You've practiced and played all year long. How are you making mistakes that you've never made before? uh, I just yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. It wasn't fun to watch coming from a dog fan. And, it, I mean, it was a fun night for sure. We, and we had oh, a good of time. Back but to back, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stetson Bennett has cemented his name as the greatest UGA quarterback in history. Probably the greatest UGA player in history. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else could even. Herschel Walker Probably would be Herschel. the only other yeah. one, really. Congressman Walker. <laughs> it's so, yeah. It's it's so. It, that was my little monologue right there. Yeah. No. And and you. I mean, you hit everything on the head. That's there was nothing. It felt empty after the first quarter. The closest. It, you know. Personally, I got that feeling in my stomach immediately watching TCU go three and out, and neither three of the yeah. plays were even like like. The first, you know, every everyone who watches football knows that your first, you know, I don't know what it is in college, but NFL, they say first 15 plays are scripted, adjusted, you know, the first 15 are going to be the best that you look on offense, right? And then from that point on, you're adjusting, you're adapting the game plan, and you're going on, on what the game uh, gives you. But for TCU's first three plays out of the gate to... I, th- I believe it was an RPO to Duggan where he loses six yards because TCU's linemen forgot that they were linemen. I, I think they thought they were playing wide receiver because they just watched Georgia just <laughs> plow right by them. You know, like it was it was tough to watch. Like a part of me honestly felt I did I felt bad for for Duggan and Quentin Johnson in the sense that they're both very talented players, but their their team and the difficulty level just as a whole between SEC and Big 12 was completely exposed Monday night. And they looked like deers in headlights from the first drive. And for UGA to just immediately go down, score a touchdown, they're up, what, it was 7-0. Then TCU... Then they went up 10-0. Yeah, TCU punts again. And And, and you thought, everyone thought like, oh, hold on, TCU just held UGA to a field goal. Uh, they're you know they're up ten zero now, and then Duggan finds a wide open. It was a night of blown coverages too across the board. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> oh, was... there was a lad McConkey touchdown uh, yeah, where he nobody yeah. was within Look, thirty yards of him. Oh no, it wasn't within thir- of the number one receiver that that's been catching. That isn't Brock Bowers. You know the number one yeah. true receiver McConkey is wide open in the back of the end zone on a defense that plays a three three five, meaning there are five defensive backs. You have three corners and two safeties. Not one person is even is is like you said, even within thirty yards of him. He he's just wide open in the back, and, and you're just wondering. It was it was just really shocking to me after watching what TCU's defense did to Michigan overall. And I would honestly say, like this year, like Georgia and the games they've struggled, it has been on the offensive side of the ball. Like they they've rarely struggled on defense, except for against Ohio State, of course. Uh, but Receive, you know, receiving wise, pass game wise, I was like, okay, maybe TCU's this three three five will will give Georgia. It's either going to a give Stetson a little trouble, or b Georgia's just going to run, 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 run like Michigan should have done, and TCU's not going to be able to keep up. But Stetson was standing back there. He looked like Bryce Young back there. He's just standing back there for fifteen seconds. Gets to go through all of his reads twice. He gets to set up a picnic have a hamburger, then he can decide where he wants to go with the ball. Like, TCU didn't adapt at all, and they're running this little 3-3-5. You cannot rush three linemen against UGA's five offensive linemen because they will just stand still, and and your guys are not going to find a way around them. (laughs) Like, like the SEC specifically 
Alabama and UGA are no strangers to offensive linemen over the last few years, and you can check the draft records, you know, to prove that over the last five years. And, you know, this is a young UGA offensive lineman, probably the youngest they've been in a while with the amount of draft, uh, with the amount of draft prospects they've had over the last two years specifically. Um, but they, they handled TCU with ease. It, it wasn't even, it was embarrassing. It really was embarrassing to watch. I, I think you hit it right on the head. The first thing you said with, it's a bad look for the national championship game. And I think everyone is now looking forward to this 12 team tournament, uh, right? That's, that is hopefully going to change not only the games that are played and the meaningfulness, but Hopefully it's going to change recruiting, right? By expanding to 12 teams, you're going to have more of an option. You're not going to have every top prospect in the country just saying, oh, I've got to go play for the big four, right? You've got Bama, UGA are the top two. You've got your Michigan, Ohio State, top two in the Big Ten. And then you always see the random recruit, you know, oh, I'm going to Oregon or, oh, I'm going to, I guess now it's going to be Tennessee, right? Tennessee, their recruiting class has gone up with the hype they had this year. Um, and then us you know usc with lincoln riley so you you have those those outside schools but i'm really hoping the 12 team tournament does good for recruiting so we can share the love a little bit in college football because what you find out real quick is there are not uh you know 100 to 200 five-star high school athletes that are six foot five and 300 pounds and can play offensive or defensive line because to me that's where the game boiled down is and that's where you always see the difference if Kennesaw State played UGA that's the first thing you would notice is UGA's linemen just running over an FCS school's uh FCS school's line right linemen on the defensive and offensive side of the ball are always the they're the deal breakers of the game you know quarterback receiver tight end that's all great but when you're Max Duggan and Quentin Johnston and you have about a second and a half to run your route and to get rid of the ball before you are you know buried five feet deep under the turf by three UGA defensive linemen uh, you know you, you can't do you can't do anything so it it really was tough it was it it wasn't fun it wasn't fun but it was it was cool you know credit credit to uga for the back-to-back credit to uga for just absolutely annihilating them uh but man tcu that's that's gonna be a feel you know max duggan all those guys like that's got to be a feeling you will never that's the ultimate chip on your shoulder you'll never get over that you will be 50 years old thinking about the time you were in the national championship and and lost by by 58 points like yeah. UGA put in the backups in a championship game like that that can't happen in the natty we can't we can't have backups coming in to throw a couple Carson Beck coming <laughs> in, in, the, in early on in early the quarter. yeah like, like 10 minutes left in the fourth yeah. and the backups are flying in Carson Beck's just tossing it around like you you're just thinking to yourself like what 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 is going on because every other bowl game you know, you had the Tulane over USC upset, right? And that was a that was a huge upset because Tulane, you know, they're much much smaller school. They're in the American Conference, right? And they play against the Pac-12, which is you know a top four conference, one of the the big the big four, if you will. You know, you got your Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, and ACC, right? So that's that upset was forty six to forty five. So that was USC did everything they wanted to do. But defensively, they couldn't keep up. Tulane, great upset. This was just one team showed up, one team stayed at home. Like there, all the production value that went in, all the time that went into practice of the week, you just wonder. Like sixty-five to seven, that's that is crazy. And you know, credit to Kirby, he definitely rallied the boys because he was not happy after Ohio State with that uh, with that missed field goal at the ball drop and. I think they really took that personally, and they went out there and slaughtered them. So at the end of the day, all we can say is congrats, UGA. First team to go back-to-back since uh, Bama in 2011 and 2012. So, you know, plenty more college football to be had next year. We got Arch Manning coming into the mold for Texas finally. We've got – we're going to have fresh faces across the board uh, for – for a lot of a lot of different teams, I guess Caleb Williams, right? He's probably the only quarterback that's that's coming back because Bryce Young's gone, Will Levis gone, even DTR like UCLA Stetson's. You're yeah. going to see Hendon Hooker's done at at yep. Tennessee. Yeah, um, I'm really excited for uh, 
jeez, what's his name? They're back up. I, oh, I Milton. Mean, Milton. Mi- yes, yeah, he's yes. got a he's got a nuclear missile on on his arm. I don't I don't know how he does it, but man, it's unreal, dude. Like he throws almost too hard that receivers can't even like catch the football. Yeah, it's it's like I, an Anthony I, Richardson type, and and he and he's gone too. Anthony Richardson, he's out. He's going to the yeah. draft. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's crazy. It's gonna be. I mean, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, you look Stroud, around. The oh league, my yeah. gosh! Yeah, yeah. You got J.J. McCarthy and Max Duggan. He's gone. Um, yeah. So what? J.J. McCarthy, Caleb I think, Williams. Is McCarthy gonna stay? Uh, yeah. He he's he's young. He was he was a freshman last he's, year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Because Mac and McNamara. Orange Bowl. Yeah, yeah. McNamara transferred when, to Iowa, I think. Right, Iowa, Iowa State, something like that. Um, but man, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fresh faces at the quarterback position, uh, next year, a huge rotation of QBs in the draft, which will be a lot of fun once we get into draft mode here. Uh, but we'll hop right into week 18 of the NFL now. Cause that is, that is all, all college wrote for this year. We are back to the, you know, when's national signing day. Is that, is that, uh, I don't know. I, don't even I thought know. we had we had on? one recently because of yeah. the uh, the senior was it senior bowl or was it um, not senior bowl the uh, all American um ah Wednesday February first of this year is going to be yeah. twenty twenty three National Signing Day so that'll be interesting it'll be really yeah. really interesting uh, to see everything that's coming down the pipeline but we got a brand new refresh and. This was a great season of college football over, overall. A little bit of a bummer to, to end it on with such a blowout, but what a great season we had, and and two great uh, games leading up to the championship, right? We can't have it all, I guess. We had two down-to-the-wire, high-scoring <laughs> entry games to the championship and then and then got 65-7, to seven, so that's uh, we'll, we'll have to take it and get ready for next year, right? Yeah, for sure. And let's hope uh, for a three-peat. Allegedly, <laughs> three, we're supposed to be even better. Than, uh, oh, I'm than sure. I'm sure so. everyone's going to be flocking, flocking to Kirby now for sure. Yeah. Uh, if there was any ever any doubt, then you know that that doubt is all erased. And with that, we'll hop into Week 18 here. So, quick review of Week 18. Did did you watch the Did you watch Lions Packers on on Sunday I night? I did. I watched some of it. I don't oh, think man. I caught the end of it. But I, yeah, honestly, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was cheering for the Lions in that one to, oh, yeah. uh, to keep Rodgers out, out of Everyone the playoffs. Was. <laughs> just for some reason. I was just like, if the Lions didn't get in, then neither can. You know, at least they can spoil, you know, Exactly, exactly. And if and if you missed it at home, basically what happened is the Lions, Packers, and Seahawks were all in the running for the last playoff spot in the NFC. And all the Rams had to do was beat the Seahawks, and we could be watching the Lions on Sunday. But yeah. no, the Seahawks beat the Rams, so... The Seahawks, who, hand up, I was totally wrong about. I thought they were going to have, I think I said two or three wins back in September. I was like, these guys yeah. are tanking. And yeah. <laughs> and Pete Carroll and Gino Smith. are still taking Smith. a quarterback, I'm pretty sure. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gino's a, Gino's a bridge, but he's like a top 10 bridge. Like, I've, it was shocking. I had a conversation with one of my friends recently, and we were talking about Gino Smith when he was on the Jets. And I just remember being giddy every time Gino Smith would play the Dolphins because I knew he was going to turn the ball over four times and the Dolphins <laughs> get a free win. Uh, Gino disappears for six years. Like, it's, it's been six years since he was on the Jets and, and a starter. And he comes out and has, all, I believe he was top 10 in almost every single statistical category this year. He was, let's see, eighth in yards with 4200 he was fourth in touchdown passes with 30 touchdown passes only 11 interceptions so he was like bottom half of the league for that which is good because you don't want to throw a lot of interceptions obviously and he was sixth overall in qbr so geno smith came to play this year and huge credit to him i absolutely counted him out and he said it week one right uh they they counted him out and he's he's not calling back right so Gino started the season on a high by beating Russell Wilson's return to Seattle week one, and he ended on a high with an overtime win against the Rams, securing the Seahawks in the playoffs. Uh, but then they get the bad news, and they have to play the 49ers in the first round. That's a tough draw. That, that, that is a tough draw. Because tell me that 
Seahawks Giants. That'd be an interesting game, right? Like you, you could that that'd be a close, probably a three point spread. You know, you, you're not sure the Giants would probably be favored in it, but the Seahawks would have more of a chance. But the 49ers look just dominant this year. They they yeah, look really even with scary. Purdy at quarterback, it just oh, it's it's just the, Shanahan. You can put anyone in there. They're phenomenal. It's their defense that has just been. It's been. It so is. Yeah. Ridiculous. Every it, game you watch, it's just, it's unreal. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's the most lost, like, Tua Tyreek and Waddle looked, like, on the year. When they traveled to San Francisco, they, it was the most off timing they were uh, because, you know, their their defense was phenomenal. Uh, you know, they gave up one deep ball to Tyreek, but everyone does that, right? So <laughs> you can't cover them for 60 minutes. It's it's definitely tough to keep up with that. Um their defense has been phenomenal. Nick Bosa, I, I think it's hands down defensive player of the year. I, I haven't checked the odds. I, I can pull them up and, and see. But on top of that, you, you put Brock Purdy, who is playing great football. Like, he looks confident. He looks like he's dialed in. There, there's no excuses on his behalf. And he's the third string quarterback as well, right? So, hey, maybe Miami has a chance. Maybe Skylar Thompson can be the next <laughs> Brock Purdy but the the Niners with you know and they still have Debo and George Kittle right like oh that that offense is phenomenal they get Elijah Mitchell back as well they've had him back for the last couple weeks but you know having him when they when they missed him at the start and middle of the year is huge so the Niners look like a terrifying force to be had and um regardless of that Lions or Packers game too, I, I think the Niners probably would have, would have beat either of those teams, especially because the Niners get to get to host them. So they get to host in the first round here. We had uh, we had exactly what we were talking about on the podcast last week with the Cowboys-Commanders game. You remember that? Where the, yep. Eagle, the Eagles were in a tight game with the Giants and, and we were both saying, you know, it would be so Cowboys for them to just get smoked by the Commanders. And <laughs> Sam Howell Truther calling credit to him. <laughs> he was giving. He was telling me about it. He, I mean, he was here for the national championship. Oh yeah. He, oh my gosh. He was saying, <laughs> oh Sam Howell, you look, you see how he looked this week? <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't care. It's Sam Howell. Everyone looks great in their first start. They know have no tape. Yep. Exactly. That, exactly. That's the ultimate NFL argument: is first start no tape, and then the second coordinators figure you out. It's downhill from there. And I mean, not yep. to mention. No, no, no shade to Sam Howell, no shade, but eleven for nineteen. You know, it's not like they were asking him to to throw the ball forty eight times and run the ball ten times like the Bills sometimes do to Josh Allen. But uh, you know, still looked composed. The Cowboys' offense looked about a bit as abysmal as I have ever seen it. It was so funny to watch. I I can't believe they have twelve wins. I really can't. I I was correct on their under. I did have under 13 and a half wins for for Vegas. So I'll call myself out and you know say I definitely thought they were going to be an eight win team maybe, uh, but they've squeaked out 12 wins. Uh, you know Cooper Rush had his five and one run while Dak was injured, so credit to credit to Cooper there, and the Cowboys are in the playoffs. But I don't know if anyone's too sold on them after the Commanders game because they kept the starters in the whole time. I think Mike McCarthy just kept the starters in because he needed to see a touchdown right like with what horrible of a performance they put on he was just like guys please get score a touchdown then you can sit on the bench but they got absolutely no rest uh because (laughs) frankly they didn't deserve it uh cowboys got absolutely embarrassed um they were on the road i you know you could use whatever excuse you want uh but if sam howell is the quarterback of the game with 160 yards and a touchdown and <laughs> Dak Prescott had 120 yards, throwing the ball 37 times. He was 14 for 37. That's brutal. That <laughs> is very brutal. So yeah. Cowboys are in, Commanders are out still. So it's a same scenario as Lions Packers, right? Uh, Lions won, and they looked great doing it, but they're still out of the playoffs because of the Seahawks and Geno Smith's success, of course. Uh, so the NFC Steelers playoff just picture. Missed out too because... Yeah, Steelers missed out because of Miami's win, which right. I'm sure Steelers, Steelers and the Patriots as well. Uh, that Patriots-Bills game, two kickoff returns for a touchdown from the Buffalo Bills. Naheem Hines, who the Colts had yeah. on their active roster this year, 
and decided to and cut they him. they traded him away. Yeah. Not even. Oh, they did didn't they, even trade him. They, they cut, cut him. him? They straight I up cut him. I thought it was a trade. That, I, I swear wow. they cut him. I, I could be wrong, actually. You're, Let me you see. You may be right. Let me see. Naheem Hines. Was it a trade? Maybe it was a trade? I thought it was for, like, a bag of chips and... You could be right. Like let me printer, let me look you know? here. I could have sworn they cut him. Uh, Bills are sending. Oh my god! Yeah, they they did a running back exchange. So the Bills sent Zach Moss to the Colts, That's and the Bills was. took Naheem Hines. It's absolute fleeced. Absolutely. What fleeced. an absolute fleecing, bro! Jim yep. Jim is losing Hines. his mind. Zach Moss did he like he wasn't a special teams guy. Naheem Hines is though, and. And I remember Pat McAfee saying he's like Naheem Hines is a great pickup for the Bills. He's a special teams guy. He yep. can he can do it there. He can also do it at running back. He's going to you know you're going to look back on this and and you're going to you know kind of re- borderline regret making that decision. Yeah. Um. And I mean yeah, I mean he was crazy. He hey, was crazy. Credit credit to you. Good catch like that. I I could have see. I thought they cut him because I'm like there's no way. They would just trade him for, for, right, for, for like Zach, for Zach Moss. For Zach, for Zach Moss. Like, why did the Colts you, want Zach Moss? He's oh man, the NFL. I don't know, dude. The NFL, well, you not the think, NFL. Maybe, the Colts. Maybe the Colts. Zach Moss <laughs> would have maybe, or maybe um, Naheem Hines would have prevented the Colts from losing this weekend to the Texans by one. Yeah, but no kidding. That was a bad. That's a bad deal. That that, that's that is horrendous. L- let's let's get into to that game too. Now that you've etched it, because yeah. that was that was pretty scandalous. But per, I'll get into my opinion. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you first. What did you think? Because so the Texans, uh, for everyone at home, they had the number one overall pick locked up. All they had to do was lose this game. Since right. they beat the Colts by one point, they win thirty two thirty one. The Texans now have the number two pick because they have a tie. Bears slide in. So the Texans were three thirteen and one to finish the season, but the Bears were three and fourteen. So the Bears get the number one pick. What do you what do you take on it? Because Lovey Smith, the Texans head coach, was fired the next day after an interview where he specifically said, "Yeah, I know I'll be back. I'll be back with this team." I, you know, I, he was so confident that that he would be back. <laughs> in the Texas in the Texans building next year, uh, and they said, "Nah, sorry, sorry, Lovey Smith, you're you're out of here because because that yeah. is just egregious." Um, so so, what do you think about the Texans conceding that first round pick basically to to the Bears? Because the players and coaches obviously don't want to lose, but someone from up top has got to come in right after three successful quarters. Someone from up top has got to say, "Hey, like, come on, start calling some bad plays." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. I think even with the Bears with their first overall pick, mm-hmm. think about it. Like, the Texans, they probably could utilize that pick better because the Bears, what are they going to do with their first-round pick? They don't need a quarterback. The best that they would draft is a defensive player, which yeah. they have much more needs that they need in the draft. So Offensive my line. thoughts are you need – and wide receiver. Oh, yeah. My My – Oh man, they need wide receiver bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you don't take you don't necessarily take those guys with a number one pick in the draft. So what you do is you trade back, thinking maybe, you know, Carolina, maybe the Panthers, maybe they want yeah. they want to move up. You, I mean, you never know. So my I, I really think that the Bears are gonna trade out of that first that first overall pick. See but, I, I think that as well, but it's also the first overall spit overall pick historically that's an expensive pick like that because the team who ends up there usually really needs it and yeah i i really think there there's a a world and of course we'll get into it when we get into draft talk more um that you know maybe the bears just stay there take will anderson or you take your best offensive line maybe even take a jalen carter right yeah like you 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 got some nice options like of some one-time players that you're not going to get at 4 and 5 uh in the draft if you traded back there but it is very possible someone trades up to jump the Texans if they fall in love with a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud through the interview combine and tryout process right so some teams may think hey it's not worth uh it's not worth letting waiting and seeing who the Texans like let's say some team loves CJ Stroud and doesn't like Bryce Young they don't want to take that risk they could very well trade with Chicago and it would most likely be another team in the top 10 so you're trading back 
between you know between two and seven picks for Chicago, and you're probably getting a haul with that. And honestly, Chicago is a team that needs a haul because they they started the season two and one. They finished three and fourteen. Right? Um, there isn't much more to be said after that. They traded away Roquan Smith. They traded away Robert Quinn. They are in full tank rebuild mode. Uh, so, you know, the, it's a tough it's a tough win for the Texans in that sense. But at number two, I'm sure they'll still get their guy. And I haven't looked at the draft order yet because obviously our Super Bowl is not done. Uh, so we don't know the full order. But I know they have another pick in the first round uh, from the Browns as well, right? So they'll have another, the Texans will have another one within the mid, probably 10 to 15 range. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, uh, you know, we've got our wild card locked up with that. And let's take a look here. NFC side, we've gone over a bit. We've got Seahawks, 49ers, Cowboys, the three teams we've talked about so far. And on top of that, we have, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the NFC South, which was an absolute dogfight for last place this year. You know, that <laughs> it was... It was, it was it was tough tough to watch uh you know you got the giants and the vikings who are matching up on sunday at 4 30 i really think that one could go either way the vikings this year it feels like they've been the best team in the league and the worst team in the league simultaneously what do you what do you take from this vikings giants game what are, what are your expectations um yeah i don't it's a hard read. I don't know. I think I think the Giants I really think that they're going to they're going to be just fine. Giants are are a really good team. I mean, you know, they yeah. they did lose to the Eagles this past week. With the backups um, in too though. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, I really do think that the Giants I think Giants will be fine. Vikings I felt like were a false prophet this entire year. Yeah. I they had some really bad losses. Some really bad losses. So, it's just like you look at the matchups and you look at the Giants, who are kind of firing on on not all cylinders, but like they're playing some good football, especially Brian against Dable's the Eagles. got them rallied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially coming off, you know, you only lost by eight points to the Eagles last week. So, yep. you're and I mean you're doing fine. I think, I think they'll be fine. Vikings. I don't think Kirk Cousins is is all that. Um, I mean, he looked, he was, but he's I looked think... like it. And then, and then he has it, you know, th- this right. Vikings team, this Vikings team, just this season, they hold, they now hold the NFL record, which, you know, hearts out to Matt Ryan. Cause he is on the side of, he's on the wrong side of the top two biggest NFL come or biggest comebacks in NFL history, which is obviously Patriots Falcons, Super Bowl. And then now this Falcons Colts game from earlier this year, when the Colts or when the Vikings came back against the Colts from thirty three points down at halftime, and and beat the Colts thirty nine to thirty six, uh, that was absurd. And simultaneously, this is the same Vikings team that lost forty one to I'm gonna it was forty one to seventeen. I'm gonna call it uh, I'm gonna call it forty one. To seven because they the Vikings got ten points in garbage time in the fourth quarter to the Packers. The Packers absolutely embarrassed them. We talked about that game last week where Aaron Rodgers he only threw for 150 yards and a touchdown and they won 41 to 17. Right, so my asterisk my score is 41 seven because we're throwing out the garbage time points from the <laughs> for the Vikings yeah. there, but the Vikings I I can't get a read on them at all. They they also had the stint early in the season where you know they play they beat the dolphins with uh teddy or no i think that was skylar thompson's it was it maybe it was teddy they beat four teams in a row uh that were starting backup quarterbacks uh so the vikings got really lucky with the timing there uh their defense has given up yards to just about anybody uh they lost to the cowboys 40 to 3 in the middle of the season like i I can't trust the Vikings, and I think you're you're absolutely right. Where the the Giants, they're they're playing good football right now. They're just they're playing good football. They you know two and two in their last four games, but you know one of those is with all their backups in. 
uh, because they're, they had their playoff seeding locked. So not to mention, I think they had a tougher strength of schedule having to play, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys both twice, right? That's four games against two playoff teams this year. So they've proven themselves. They've had some really tight games and some really great wins. So I'm going to ride the Giants with you. I, I really think they can cover that three-point spread and quite honestly outright win yeah. the game. Uh, Saquon Definitely. Barkley and Daniel Jones will be in there. They've been on the wrong end of a lot of injuries this year too, and the Giants keep fighting. So credit to the Giants. I'm going to I'm going to go with them as well. And that uh, you know, every if, if you've got to miss one playoff game, uh Cowboys Buccaneers is the one to miss. Uh that that game might that game might be really gross. Uh, when they played earlier in the season, I it, think so. <laughs> if they and played I, earlier, like it'll be gross because I don't think the Bucks gross. is even going to be I, like I don't really think it's going to be close. Yeah. I think the Cowboys will will win this game, and but I still think it looks it just it just doesn't look good overall. Like yeah. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win in any impressive way. I think it's just going to be. Ugh. Yeah, just, you you wonder if playoff Brady will turn on here. I that's. That's the one. That's the one thing I always have in mind is, the end of the day, two minute drive. Dak Prescott versus Tom Brady. Who am I going to take? I'm going to take Tom Brady eleven out of ten times. Like that's right. it's not even a discussion. So, yeah, I could definitely the Cowboys. Their defense is just so good, though. Their defense has kept them alive all season long. Dak has been in and out of the lineup, and quite honestly, when he even when he's been in, he has not been good. And I'm going to check myself before i say this stat but i believe dak prescott is tied for the lead of interceptions in the nfl and he missed five games this year uh yep that's correct 15 interceptions to 23 touchdowns he's missed five games he he's looked very exposed this year dak has not looked like himself uh it's it's been hard to get a read on him as well this season. Just the Cowboys' offense as a whole, it's been hard to get a read on. Uh, they seemed a lot more, while they were more boring, they were more confident with Cooper Rush. They were just, you know, hammering the ball, hammering the ball, hammering the ball, and then letting Cooper Rush pass it every once in a while. Uh, with Dak, it seems they're forcing a lot of throwing situations more. And against a Bucks defense that's very under the radar, I think, uh, this year, they Dak is prone to make mistakes so so we'll see these these teams are no strangers to each other they were the opening game last year if i'm not mistaken uh and they played each other the first week this year on sunday night football and it was 19 to 3 field goal contest for the buccaneers so i i'm actually i'm gonna take the bucks in it i'm gonna take the bucks they're plus two and a half i might even play their money line i'm not sure uh but the Bucks and Cowboys, yeah, that that could be an ugly game. I I don't yeah. I don't know about that. And now we can hop into the fun games. The fun games. We're gonna skip over Bills Dolphins because uh we gave you the spiel about that at the start. Dolphins are rolling in you know a wheelchair into that game. The Bills are coming in healthy and hungry for a Super Bowl for their boy Demar Hamlin. I guarantee you that uh, that's gonna be in their heads all through the playoffs. So yep. Bills. One o'clock on Sunday, you know, don't don't text me about the Dolphins on Sunday. All right, don't text me. Don't text me. I you're I know, already mentally prepared. I'm, I'm already okay. prepared. Anyone listening, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, sometimes my dad will shoot me a text. Some cut, you know, cousins, people shoot me an Instagram DM. I'm like, stop. I know. Okay, I know. So, <laughs> so I I am prepared for the worst, and I'm hoping they can cover thirteen. That just to have some respect, right? So we'll see. Uh, what Mike McDaniel can cook up uh, in Miami there, but not feeling great. Uh, so let's yeah. go to the Saturday night game because credit to the Jags. They get to play back-to-back Saturday night primetime games. <laughs> who who would have thought? So Jags-Chargers, this is a really interesting game. You've got Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence going up against each other. You've got Tra- you know Travis Etienne and Austin Eckler. You've got you know both teams have solid receiving cores. Both teams have some star players on defense. You know most notice notably Jacksonville having Josh Josh Allen who's been playing phenomenal. Josh Allen the linebacker, not the quarterback, and the Chargers having Derwin James at safety who is the safety to have uh this he is as close to an ed reed cam chancellor guy as you can get uh so that always good to have someone like that as the final uh, defense of your defense 
so what what do you read on this Chargers Jags game? I think this is a really tough one to to get a read on, especially seeing that the Jags are at home. So the Chargers will be going into the humidity of the East Coast, especially in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think Jags. Uh, I mean, they've played pretty well. I've they've surprised a lot of people. They surprised me. I thought Jags were going to be battling for the number one pick in the draft yeah. again. Oh, me too. Um, but I, I still think that. You know they got a lot of they're on the up, but they got a lot of they got a lot of room to grow still. Uh, this year is not their year. I think the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers will be just fine in this one. Uh, Jags probably give them a little bit of trouble, but not enough to. I mean, I, it's Justin Herbert. I, I just have too much faith in him already. Yeah, I think it could be pretty similar. Uh, I would. I would agree with you, but I can't take the Chargers, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Week one of college football, my 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 team this year that I I was wanted to root for because I absolutely love the quarterback, uh, and this is college football was Utah. They, I I love Utah. Love Cam Rising. Loved Devin Lloyd last year, who we were both high on in the draft, and has been phenomenal for these Jaguars. So you know, shout out Utah. Uh, <laughs> he's. He's on the Jags and play, has been playing great football this year, as well as Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker, maybe the most untalked about number one overall pick in the last 10 years. Like, I, mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker has been so under the radar, but he's been playing good football. There, there's nothing wrong, uh, per se. It's just that, you know, the, he's on the Jags, which are probably the least covered team in all of media <laughs> because of their history. Um, yeah. And a very young team at that. So it's easy to you know, catch the, get caught up in, you know, staring at Trevor Lawrence's hair, right? It, you, you know, you might, you might miss Trayvon Walker if you're just staring at Trevor's hair on the sideline. So uh, I have to take the Jags because like I was saying with Utah, I was hammering them coming to Florida. I was pounding the table. I'm like, they are going to murder Florida. They are going to murder them. And people, I, I forget who was telling me, but people are like, no way. It might have been actually on the McAfee show. I think they were talking about it. Shout out Pat McAfee with Utah coming from the you know West Coast in the mountains, coming to the humid wasteland of Florida. <laughs> Just the, the total, total environment change. So I'm betting on the weather here. I'm betting Jags because pretty boy Justin Herbert and his Chargers are going to come riding into Jacksonville where we're probably going to have a 60-degree, nice, humid night. And the Chargers are going to be out of their element. They're not going to be in SoFi with everyone around them. They are going to be in Duval County, dead in Jacksonville, prime time. You know that stadium is going to be sold out two times over with people sitting in in each other's laps because the Jags have not been in the playoffs since Blake Bortles uh, headed the team, I believe that was four years ago, and that was an electric playoff run. They almost made the Super Bowl. So... I have faith the Jags are going to show out here, and I'm going to take them. But, you know, I think this is a 50-50 game, and I can't disagree with any point you made with, you know, you've got Herbert. Derwin James is my second favorite safety in the NFL, uh, behind my boy Javon Holland for the Dolphins, of course. But uh, the Chargers are a phenomenal team. Uh, So this is going to be a really, I hope, really close game. The Chargers very well could just... You know, Herbert could have 300 yards in this game, but the Jags defense has been playing well enough, so I'm going to ride with them. And, Fair enough. And that'll bring us to Ravens-Bengals with what... It doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's going to play, but he also might play. Yeah. Um, if Lamar plays, this game is going to be closer. Yeah. That's all I got to say. But I got the Bengals. Easy money. No, no two ways about it. Yeah, I mean, this is I'm taking Bengals money line for sure. No, yeah. I mean, no, no questions. questions. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, I I probably have to agree with you as as well, be, especially because the opening spread was at you know minus six for the Bengals. As the week has gone gone on here, it's up to minus eight and a half. So Vegas, and you know, is clearly taking taking the side of John Harbaugh's sound bites of, uh, we're not really sure of Lamar's status. Uh, you know, he should be out there. He didn't practice today. We're, you know, Wednesday, January 11th. They got a game uh, on Sunday in now three days uh, by the time you're listening to this. So uh, this, you know, 
these two teams just played last week. They just played week 18, actually. <laughs> and and the Bengals the Bengals absolutely creamed the Ravens with uh with a backup quarterback. They won 27-16 and it, it was it was never close. Cincinnati was up 10-0 right off the bat. I think they went up maybe oh. 21-0 at some point, but uh Joe Burrow and the boys, they're not they're not rolling over. They're in the playoffs now. So I, I've got to ride with the Bengals too. If we know anything about the NFL, it's it's that anything can happen here. Uh, any and, given Sunday, and yeah, any any given Sunday is is no joke. And the favorites are favorites for a reason because it's it's you know they're nar- it's an easy narrative to ride with. It's an easy roster to ride with. Um, but the only upsets I'm really feeling for this week would be Jags and Bucks and those are both, you know, two point underdogs. So yeah. it's it's not like I'm it's not like I'm saying the Dolphins are gonna beat the Bills by twenty this week. So it's gonna be a really interesting wild card weekend. And then the divisional round will get that much more interesting because we've got the Chiefs and the Eagles coming out of hiding uh oh, on the bye week. And those team those teams are coming in hot. They yeah. <laughs> they both are very rightfully so the number one seeds uh, in their division. I believe both with 14 wins on the season, if I'm not mistaken, right? Both 14 and three. Yeah, uh, I 14 think and three so. for each of them. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles should have Jalen. Absolutely, will have Jalen Hurts back because uh, he just played. Oh, and, and they're they're just two. They're just such fun teams to watch. I mean, they are. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what both those teams can do. Um, in this in this playoff this year agreed i it's, think wild card weekend could be a little bit of a dud with some of the underdogs being heavy yeah. underdogs but but you're right at the second the chiefs and eagles get involved with whoever comes out of this round we we could have a lot of fun we can, yeah. <laughs> we can have some great nfl games so give me give me your game of the weekend bob of, of all the games which one are you looking forward to the most you think uh i mean the one that I think would be potentially the closest, it could be it could be a shootout. I, I think would be the the Giants and Vikings. Yeah. Now the one that I'm I, see, I would say it, it would be different. It would be I'd be more excited to watch the Bills and Dolphins game because I think that if there's a team, I think the Dolphins could have a decent shot. I really like what you guys got going out down there in yeah. Miami. I I think Always. that they they have a decent shot to upset the Bills if two is playing. But yeah. since two is not playing, I got to go with Giants and Vikings. I think that'll be the closest game. Um, yeah, I think 49ers are going to boat race Seahawks. Chargers and Jags, interesting a little bit. But the other ones don't really don't really pop out to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. I, I think, honestly, Dolphins, Bills, and Ravens, Bengals would be in different time slots if Tua was playing. I, you know, that could easily be Dolphins and Bills as the Sunday night primetime game. Yeah. Because you know, if if two is in there, they they split their series this year, and both games were down to the wire. The Dolphins beat them. I think it was week three or week four by two points, uh, and you know, held. I still remember they held uh, them on a fourth and goal at the two yard line. They first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, fourth and goal. Dolphins stopped the Bills every single time. Then did the butt, you know, the butt punt safety in the end zone, if you remember that one. And and then it was, you know, scary from there where, you know, the clock just ran out on the Bills because they threw the ball in the middle of the field with 10 seconds or so left. And uh, they just couldn't, you know, couldn't get up and spike it, nor were they even in field goal range. And then that winter Wonderland game, uh, that was the, I think, was that Saturday night? I think it was a Saturday night game, Saturday or Sunday um and that game was decided by a field goal bills dolphins again man it's such a shame i was hoping that we'd get the rematch in the playoffs but but not like this not without best left tackle and right tackle and tua and running back it's just the offense is decimated so yep who knows any given sunday that that is the, that is the logo you know uh i thought the broncos would be in the super bowl before the season started and you know look where nathaniel hackett got me thanks a lot yeah um <laughs> so you you really never know and i think we've got a great slate of games here so i look forward to watching them i know we'll both probably be well definitely i know we'll both be watching chargers jags and and ravens bengals uh you know, Giants, Vikings. I'll be too, watching but... the Bills game for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, just 
I'll just give it a peek. I'll give it a peek, and I'll, of course, I'll watch every minute of you it. Know but you I'll, watch it. I'll watch every minute of it, and even if yeah. they're down thirty, I'll be like, well, you know, if they <laughs> block a punt, <laughs> onside kick, block an, <laughs> run yeah. it in for a touchdown, and then do another Pour onside the kick. Hines, run it back. <laughs> Maybe Naheem Hines, like after returning two kicks for a touchdown, maybe he fumbles twice in the in the end zone, loses his hands, can't pick it up, and the Dolphins <laughs> jump on it. You know, maybe something <laughs> happens. So I'll be running every scenario I can uh, because every week that goes by is a week that Tua could maybe get back in there. Um, but man, this is going to be a tough off season for for me mentally to battle between Tua and this quarterback class that we have coming up because. Two is, oh, oh, we'll save it for another episode because I, yeah, yeah, it's just, anyways, oh anyways, my gosh, oh my gosh, we, no, we, we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap it. We got to wrap it. I can't do it. I, I can't nope. talk about it right now. <laughs> yep. Skyler yep, Thompson yep, yep. is QB one. He will upset the Bills. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So, thank you guys all for listening. As always, yep. Bob, always good. Glad we're back on the grind here, yes, and we, we will be talking. You know, some, you know. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and next week, you'll hear from me and Bob on these these games. We'll see what we were right on, what we were wrong on, and talk about any crazy stories that happened then. And until then, you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening, and catch you next week. Yes, sir. See you guys.